You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom... Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Believe it or not, fam, we actually have a kind of a lot going on here on this show. I know last week was kind of the bullshit hour with Bill, Steph, and Kelly, but uh, hey, some weeks you win, some weeks you lose. Last week, maybe you felt like you wasted your time. This week, we have content. Thanks for subscribing. It's free. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get right to the intros and let's lead it off with the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. First of all, it's never a waste of time listening to this podcast. I dare you to tell me that you are not entertained by us talking about nothing for an hour. I, I honestly did listen back and it was thoroughly entertaining. We are extremely entertaining people and that's why you like us. Um, I don't I'm, listen back to every show. I'm I normally like, I did it. I don't need to hear it again. Mm-mm. But I was like, what the fuck did we talk about? And I listened back <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. That was good. Way to go, us. We did some things. Yeah. Um, I really miss hockey right now. That's all I got to yeah. say. I, I miss the distraction of the sport that I love. 
I miss it being here. I, th- I think it's like extra because it's November and we should be in it. Like it should be happening. But yeah, I miss it. Yeah, I did a, uh, I did a, I did a, a wrestling podcast, um, Brotherly Love Wrestling, last night, and they asked me if if my mustache was for Movember. And I was like, ah, oh, I know, I, I forgot wish. because there's no hockey. Po- yeah, because no they're not telling. Go- they're not. Yeah, they're not beating us over the head with it. Like, yeah, this is. I now miss it. Like, we're in the point of, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, when it when it first ends, you're like, all right, cool, some time off. You get to get away from it. Now we're in the please come back. Please, God, come back now. (laughs) And from TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm still very much not in the I miss hockey thing. I am still very much in the (laughs) thank God I can sleep thing. Um, Well, yeah. I I, I will say, though, one thing that has been very weird is the fact that, like, like, the thing with it with the pause is that a lot of the pause happened during a time of the year when like you didn't expect to have hockey going on. Whereas like the weird, the weirdest part for me has been the fact that like now it's getting dark at 5 PM and there's no hockey into like, like it gets dark and you're like, Oh, well there's going to be a hockey game in two hours. And there's just not. And that's wild. It's just because you're my brain is conditioned to just assume that like, oh, well, now that the days are short, that means that there's hockey. And that's like one of the that's one of the few good things. Because I I am one of those people who like like my mood is very much like tied to how much sunlight I see. So like if there's that's why I hate winter, because if there's less sunlight, I just feel like bleh. But one of the ways I don't feel bleh is if there's hockey going on. And it's been weird. But as I said, I'm still, like, I, I'm totally fine with there being a break. Um, I, I, I get that fans are not, but I am. In part because, like, I think from the time the hockey season ended, like, yeah, there wasn't Flyers games going on from the beginning of September through the middle of October. But, like, I was still working every day. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas now I can, like, chill a little bit, which is cool. But uh, it has been weird, uh, especially with, like, the, you know, the fact that we're getting less sunlight, the days are shorter, and there's still no hockey. Whereas, like, when there wasn't hockey going on in May, it's like, well, I mean, it's been a while since the Flyers were good anyway, so right. like, I'm used <laughs> to there being no Flyers hockey in May. No, it was, it, I was just, yeah, like, let's, like, Charlie, you came out and hung out down the shore. Like, it was, you know, like, you had shit to do. Now it's, Wait. I, I get home from work, it's 8 o'clock, and I'm like, wow, yeah. it's Tuesday, there's no football. Stop uh, talking. Huh. Did Charlie get invited to the shore house and I didn't get invited to the shore house? He the was down this? the shore and called me. Oh, I guess that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it was It was like a Friday and I was like, I'm going to take this day before. It was like right before hockey season kicked back up again. It was like the yeah. week before and I hadn't had anything remotely resembling a vacation. So I'm like, I'm going to do a day trip down the shore and just like find a spot on the beach that's like isolated and just like chill. So I texted Bill and I'm like, hey you guys are down the shore sometimes. Do you happen to be there? And Bill and Ava were, and I hung out with them, and it was nice. That sounds yeah, lovely. It was. Uh, but, like, now we're at the point where, like, I was trying to do the math, and I'm bad at it, but, like, five of the last eight months or so, there has been no hockey. So, like, we got the playoffs, and we got the bubble and all, and that was cool, but it was like, all right, we were off for a little, it came back, and now it's gone, and it's gone for... Well, we don't really know. Like, they're still targeting the beginning of January. We all talked last week about how, 
Like, I think it's going to be mid to end of January. February's probably more realistic. It looks like basketball's going to be back. Christmas week, so that should give everyone a little hope. But if you're watching the news at all, it's, you know, things aren't necessarily going in the direction we wanted to go them in terms of the virus. So who the fuck knows? Uh, did everyone have a chance to see some of these, uh, some of these quotes from Bettman and company about, like, the restart and everything? Yes, they're extremely extremely optimistic they are very optimistic i mean i guess that's what they have to say out loud but i feel like when they were planning the restart they never really said too much out loud until the plan was complete like we were Mm -hmm. speculating for a long time and i don't know the fact that they keep saying january 1 out loud on the record makes me think that they really legitimately are going to do that but that also means that there's not really going to be much of a training camp so i don't know how that's going to work like it's I don't know. I think they always, I think they always um, kind of assume the training camp was going to be short. Um, oh. Like they've been talking about like a two week training camp. Um, and then maybe the teams that haven't played since March will get a longer one, um, which would make sense. Obviously they've had a much longer layoff and it's been weird. Uh, so I don't think that there's going to be like a month long training camp. Like there usually is with like a full preseason and whatnot, because the whole reason why they do preseason games, it's folks, it ain't because they're trying to get the players into shape. It's because they're trying to squeeze a little bit more ticket revenue out of you. And guess what? They're not going to be able to do that. So what's the point of preseason games now? Look at the NFL. Anyway, <laughs> I do believe that one of the reasons why the NHL is trying to push this out there as much as they uh, they are, and this is maybe a little cynical of me, I think it's partially because the NBA has already announced their start date. And the NHL- oh, that's not cynical, Charlie. That's the truth. Yeah, like the <laughs> NHL doesn't want to be left behind. It's like, well, if the NBA is going to start, what's the NBA is going to start in like late December? I think. I think they announced that a few days ago. Yeah. So I think the twenty second. It, it yeah, it's one of those things where like if the NBA is able to do it, then we kind of have to too, and we can't like. It makes it let me put it this way: it makes it harder for the NHL to be like we're starting on February first. Because then it's going to be like, well, why did it take you a month and a half longer than it did for the NBA to get started when the NBA actually finished their playoffs after you? Yeah, like they finished after and will start before. Yeah. So I think that puts some, you know, social pressure on the NHL to, at the very least, make it clear that, like, we're trying really hard to get this set up because if they just go dark for another couple weeks and the NBA is already prepping for the start of their season, then, well... And, like, we'll get to the temporary realignment and the hybrid bu- hybrid bubbles, but to me, like, the and, like, we, like I do think the NBA and the fact that they're going to be able to start sooner factors into it, but, like, the NBA can start sooner because they can get by on TV revenue. Yeah. Like, hockey needs people in the stands to be financially sustainable, and the only way they're going to get what they want is to wait. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I just don't know how, like, as you said, the way things are trending, there's just simply no way that you could get people into the stands yeah, at American like, hockey games. Based on anecdotal, you know, evidence from people I know in the medical industry, like, things are worse this week than they were two weeks ago by an exponential amount. From what I understand, it's it's worse now than it was at the beginning. So we're really not going in the right direction. No. But so yeah, this... I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what you're gonna do there because they need people in the seats. 
And obviously, these arenas are big enough that you could theoretically sell tickets such that people are far away from each other, but then those people are going to buy beers and then those people are going to go to the bathroom and, like, are people even going to be comfortable with the idea of going to a hockey game? I don't know the answer to any of those questions, and I don't think they do either. So they got a problem. Yeah, I mean, they could... I I think it's just tough because, while I don't disagree with you that, like, everything... You know, at least from a from a numbers standpoint, from an infection standpoint, it's through the roof. It's as high as it's ever been. Um, most states are like not doing anything about it. So, mm-hmm. like because of that, like I kind of I hesitate to say that if the NHL says we're going to allow fans in the stands, I'm sure some states might be like, no, you're not allowed. Sorry, you have to play in front of empty arenas. But some states might be okay with it. And in that case, like, you know, if you're, let's say you're the Tampa Bay Lightning and your governor's like, yeah, you can have 6,000 fans in, in, your, in your arena. Like, you're going to be pushing the NHL to let, you know, to not do a hub, to, to have the arenas. Because it's like, look, I don't care that the New Jersey Devils aren't allowed to have fans in their arena. I'm allowed to have fans in my arena and I want to make that revenue. So the, th- that's where the that's where the difficulty runs in because like for some teams that believe that their governments will allow them to have fans in the stands, like they won't want to pass up on that opportunity. You know what I mean? Have the Devils been under the impression for the last twenty years that they aren't allowed to have people? <laughs> in the I, stands? I, I, I kinda I kinda set you up for that and I was hoping you'd take it in that direction. You did. I, I, I had to Bill. like it's, the it's Devils the... were like, you're going to give us 6,000 fans? Oh, my God. <laughs> Will you provide the buses? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that kind of beer on tap. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like they've, they came out and said, like, obviously, we heard the money they're spending on the bubble for the playoffs was astronomical, and they're not going to do something like that. But they might do, like, hubs where teams travel in and out, play for, like, 10 to 12 days, then move on to the next one. Uh, and there's, like, a potential for temporary realignment. Like, obviously, travel in and out of Canada is a big deal. Cross-country travel from, like Charlie said, the states that have stringent uh, restrictions and states that are like, ah, oh, fuck it, I don't know. Like, didn't the governor of Florida say the Miami Dolphins don't need my permission to fill their stadium or something like that? Like, I mean, he I, just maybe. Doesn't get, like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> some people just don't give a fuck, and some people clearly do. And so there's going to be, I guess, you know, it's going to be tough to do things outside of specific regions. So we're looking at, like, potentially a Canadian division, a Western division, a Southern, like, something like that. Does that make it more feasible in your mind if it's, like, there's a couple of hubs, teams travel in and out, maybe play like a baseball series, like play three games in five days and then move on. So I think that re- realignment is is going to have to be a part of this because you simply, first of all, Canada might still not be letting us in, which is a whole other problem because how do you have these six teams not playing anybody else for the entirety of the season? That seems problematic, but um it's doesn't baseball like don't the national league and the american league not play each other until the world series is that a thing well there's it in, used there's, to there's be. interleague and like still it's not as like it's most you mostly play your own league but that you do it used to be like a straight like they were two separate leagues they were two, two separate, separate yeah. leagues they until were, the world Series. yeah they were two separate entities essentially and now they are major league baseball and there's interleague and they play within but 
Yeah, the, the, the Canada thing is tough. The, the one thing that I've heard, and this is actually something that, you know, this is a lot more complex than people that people realize, just top to bottom. Oh, but, yeah. But one thing that is fascinating to me is this idea of there are, because the, the current plan, I believe, we talked about this on last week's show, is that the AHL is going to start in February. Um, but one thing that's really interesting to me is, like, there are some teams, like, some teams that are Canadian teams that have their AHL affiliates in the U.S., or U.S. teams that have their Ooh. AHL affiliates in Canada. And it's like, okay, well, like, how do you call guys up? Like, that, I hadn't even thought of that. Like, that's a wild logistical wrinkle. That this I don't, is I, a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it's going to sure be a nightmare. Is. Like, I, I, I think they will figure out a way to pull it off. But, like, just to – that's just something to throw out there as an example of, like, just how complex this is going to be. Like, there are a lot of – there are a lot of questions you have to answer that you don't even think of. Like, as a fan, you're yeah. just like, well, just, like, figure out a way to, like, you know, with whether it's going to be, you know, empty arenas, whether it's going to be a hub. Like, no, there's a lot of moving pieces here. Like, I do I do think that given how successfully they pulled off the playoffs this year in a way that I, I certainly didn't expect them to be so good at it, I do think that they can pull off a regular season, but I also think that it's going to have to be the way that they essentially – redrew the entire playoff plan for the NHL like it's, it wasn't at all what the normal playoffs are supposed to be I think that the regular season is going to have to be not at all the regular season that we're used to it's going to have to be something different and I think that they can figure it out but it's just getting people in the stands I think is going to be a real tough sell for that a lot to of me like it all comes down to money otherwise you know there wouldn't be anything that's the reason for everything in our society <laughs> yeah but like I, I see ways like these hybrid bubbles they're talking about. Like I put in the outline, like now that's an album title, hybrid bubble. Like, <laughs> I fucking, I just read that and I was like, I dig that. Don't even know what they mean, but I love it. Uh, like I, there are ways it's just like, yeah, they're really, it, it, listen, if there's one league built to figure this out though, I keep saying like work stoppages, stopping for the Olympics, shorten seasons, then the bubble for these playoffs. They have every outline imaginable. That's they true. know how to slap shit together. They do. Like, if it turns into a little bit of, like, college hockey where you play the same team Friday, Saturday, mm -hmm. like, I, I don't really have a problem with that, especially for figuring this thing out, getting these teams back on the ice. Now, you hope they figure it out safely, and everything, like, goes as planned, as did the playoffs. But when you bring travel in, as we're seeing, like, in the NFL, there's different, like, Jesus Christ, college football. I open up the slate of games on college football and, like, DraftKings on Monday, and I'm like, ooh, look at all this. And then it's like, oh, yeah, there's six fewer games because they all got canceled. Like, yeah. it's it, when you bring travel in, when you just aren't just isolating guys like the NBA and NHL did, Things can go awry very quickly, and I, man, I don't want to say I'm not confident because I am. I do think they're going to figure something out, but like Charlie said, this is fucking complicated, man. So here's the thing, since we're going to get into money a little bit. It's in the best interest of these billionaire owners of hockey teams to keep people interested in the product that they own. And understandably, playing hockey well. playing hockey games in empty arenas is not going to net you a lot of money. But first of all, you'll be fucking fine. Second of all, if you just do away with hockey until you can bring back gate revenue, people are going to forget that it exists and not give a shit when it comes back 
So you're going to have a problem that you need to fix then. So do you maybe take a little bit of a hit and play the games and hopefully maybe get something better with TV? That seems like a better idea to me than simply letting your sport languish for over a year until you can get people back in the seats because hockey's already fringe. Like you can't just let it go away and expect that people are going to still want to go to your games. They're just going to forget that it exists and then it's not a part of their life anymore. Yeah, like last time it went away, it came back on the Outdoor Life Network. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a great idea for them to decide that not making any money off of gate is a worthy enough reason to not play hockey games. Like this and, is going to be think, hunting, fishing, and shinny with Gary Bettman. <laughs> but I think, but I think they get that. Like I, I don't think there's there's no there's no like I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. I I, I can tell you with almost 100 percent certainty there's going to be hockey. Like they're they're not going to wait. They're going to play some sort of hockey. Like there's, there's just, because they get it. Like you've heard, you've read it in every interview. You've heard it from every single source that goes on the record that like they get it. They can't just be like, well, we're just not going to play hockey until next September. Like they're going to play. So I'm not, I'm in no way, shape or form concerned that they're just going to say, well, if we can't fill the arenas, we can't play hockey. They're going to play hockey. (sighs) I hope so. Man. Yeah. I, I do. I, there is going to be hockey. They know. They have to know they can't make it just stop. I just, I'm concerned. Like, my bigger concern is it starts and then stops in the middle. And we're right back where we were a year ago. And that's, it's more a concern with society than the NHL. Like, ain't nothing the NHL can do about that unless they start developing a fucking vaccine. <laughs> but, like, I, you know, I... Ugh. See, I'm I'm not concerned about that. This is a real fucking upper of a show. No, like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> but I'm I'm not concerned about that either. And I guess concerned, I feel like, isn't necessarily even the right word to use because, in truth, like, there's a very fair argument to be made that, like, maybe that should be the outcome. But like, look at what's happened in the in the NFL. Look at what's happened in baseball. Like, yeah, th- nothing stops this train. Like, there were fucking entire teams that had the coronavirus, and baseball was like, eh, whatever. Like, like these leagues, there's too much money involved. Once they get started, they're not stopping. Like they'll they'll move things around and they'll quarantine teams and they'll change up the schedule, but they're not stopping. These sports leagues are never gonna. The only way these sports leagues are gonna stop now is if the government flat out tells them you can't. And I just don't think the government's going to. Certainly not the American government. No, <laughs> yeah. they they're real concerned with getting votes. Do not take the do not take the bread and wine away from the people. Like, and, and, and again, Christ. to be clear, like, I'm not saying that's the right thing. I'm just saying that, like, no, real, yeah. realistically, no, that's just the way things are. I mean, as I said, like, the, the their numbers are as high as they've ever been, and, like, most states still have indoor dining. Like, yeah. I mean, we, we've clearly just decided that, like, we're just going to deal with this. So I really, I really appreciate and I don't want to get into this shit. I just really think it's funny to, like, okay, things are exploding again. We're going to suspend indoor dining from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. <laughs> oh, when people are asleep. <laughs> okay. I love it. I fucking love this city so much. Uh, uh, so let's move on to something positive. Uh, Elliot the Destroyer de Noyer, uh the nickname doesn't make as much sense having looked up his name and going, oh, right, he's, he's one of them. 
Uh, but, man, like, uh, 2020 fifth-round pick of the Philadelphia Flyers plays in the queue for the Halifax Moosehead. Uh, more on the Mooseheads in a second. But when his season started and he, he got off to a bit of a hot streak and then he had the first four-goal game, I'm like, all right, people are, like, tweeting me, tweeting the show, like, hey, talk about this guy. Like, this is exciting. This dude's killing it. I'm like, yeah, and his season started yesterday. People go on hot streaks. Cool. But now it seems to be a bit more than a hot streak. Uh, Granted, it's only been 12 games, but he's got, I believe, 20 points and uh, three points with zero games, two four-goal games. this dude is absolutely fucking killing it, and I gotta say, man, like, pretty exciting. I, they might have found another fifth-round gem, and, and I like, I know it could just be anything, but looking at their their history in the fifth round recently, they've they've had man like some really good picks, including, of course, Oscar Lindblom. Uh, how excited should I be about Elliot Desnoyers? I'm trying to temper, but it's, I mean, with nothing else going on, I'm like, oh, baby. Like, is this Nathan McKinnon? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think Another I do think, Another moose head just crushing it in the queue? Oh, God. I, I mean, I do think that is a big part of this, is the fact that, like, there is nothing going on. So yeah. this is the only thing that you can point to. You know, the queue is one of the few leagues in North America that's still playing, and he's killing it. Like, But at the same time, I think there's every reason to be excited you know, one thing I loved about the Flyers draft this year is that they they took some big swings. You know, they they really I think they the focus was on upside. You know, they had um, obviously they Tyson Forrester is one of those guys where if you can fix the skating, you're talking about like a 30-30 guy who fills the team's biggest stylistic need. Emil Andre, you know, he's a puck moving, flashy type defenseman who could be one of those, you know, small defensemen who scores a ton of points and everybody loves because he's aggressive and stuff. So like the upside's there. And even their later round picks, you know, they were upside plays. Like we haven't got to see him, but that that Connor McClellan guy, like he's really like he's has a potential to be a top scorer in the WHL. It's just that he's small. And the thing with uh, with Desnoyers was that the whole reason why he slipped was because last year he played on a really good team. He played on uh, Moncton, I believe. Moncton, yeah. Yeah, and they were really good. And because of that, he played on like the third and fourth line most of the year and didn't, didn't put up many points. And because of that, he didn't get noticed. And basically what this pick was was a bet that – it had nothing to do with his talent. It just had to do with how he was being used. And the Flyers knew that this year he got traded to Halifax. He was going to be used, you know, in all situations on the top line. And their bet was that, okay, this is a guy who last year was using the third and fourth line and did really well in that role. Like, coaches loved him. They, they raved about him. But, like, he just did what the coaches told him to do in that role. This year he's going to be in a bigger role. And maybe we get in on the ground floor here before he breaks out. And he's breaking out. So, like, do I think he's a superstar? No, but this is exactly the kind of... This is the outcome the Flyers wanted. This was the best-case scenario outcome, and it's playing out. So there's every reason to get excited when you draft a guy hoping for the best-case scenario outcome, and the best-case scenario outcome appears to be happening. Let me read you this little this quote from the, uh, the Elite Prospects 2020 draft guide. 
He's so much better off the puck than he is on it. If you want a player who will selflessly run headfirst through a bit through a brick wall, if that's what's necessary for his line mates to succeed, then look no further than Desnoyers. He plays an honest brand of hockey in the defensive zone and never flees a moment sooner than his team has secured the puck. He was known as like a good, solid two-way guy prior to this breakout, and now. Wow, it looks like he's improved a bit on the puck. Like <laughs> He's scoring at, at a great rate, putting up points, and uh, he still has the reputation as uh, as this guy who who's good two ways. He looks like, yeah, exactly who they're looking for. That description really sounds like a guy that every Flyers fan would want to draft. Next Once Mike Richards? Wall, hell yeah. Oh, definitely next Mike Richards. Next, next Mike, Mike Richards, Richards, without a doubt. No, it, it, it's funny though that you mentioned the elite prospects draft guide and what they talked about him because, um, like, I'm pretty decent friends with uh, JD Burke, who Ooh. basically runs everything uh, for elite prospects. That whole section, and give me a discount. And he loves Danoye. Like, All I right. I remember when um, when they picked him, and like I mean, I I didn't hear the guy. I hadn't done research to the guys in like the you know fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. But when they Fucking took him, uh, he DM'd me and he's like, "Hey, you guys got a good one. Like, this is a good player." He he compared him to um, to Zach Hyman in Toronto, who like isn't a star, but he's a pretty darn good player. I mean, he can I'll play. Take him. Yeah, like I, I would take that as a fifth round pick. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, Seriously. this is a guy who you know he can play on the same line with Austin Matthews and score forty points a year. Like, yeah, I could live with that. And one thing that's really cool about Daniel A two this year is that like he's playing center. Now, is he a center in the NHL? I don't know, but like he's playing center and he's doing quite well. So, you know, if this is a guy, call him up. Well, yeah, it's just one of those things where like the Flyers, if you look at their if you look at their prospect pool, you know, unless you're considering um, both Patrick and Frost to be prospects, and I guess Frost still is. Patrick probably isn't. Um, their center depth in the organization at prospect is not that strong. Like, they just don't have a lot of them. You know, Vorobiev's gone, and it doesn't look like he was going to pan out anyway. But, like, they don't have a lot of centers. If Desnoyers is a center, and he can stick as a center, that goes a long way towards addressing a real organizational weakness once Morgan Frost is graduated. Hmm. Not bad. Well, Charlie, you've sold me. I'm incredibly excited. <laughs> uh, just, like... I look back because I wanted. I was like, man, like Limbloms. I know some other guys were fifth, so I look back at their last seven fifth round picks: Daynoyer, Wyatt Wiley, Samuel Urson, Noah Cates, who Charlie just said last week the organization is very high on, uh, Linus Hogberg, David Kacha, and Oscar Limblom. Pretty damn good. They're better in the fifth round than they are the first. <laughs> they, they actually are pretty. You're good not picks. wrong. Yeah. They're all pretty good. I mean, they're all going to get a shot. Like They join other notable uh, former fifth-round picks, Dave Schultz, Dan Kordick, and Jesse Bolleris. Ooh. I mean, Dan Kordick and Jesse Bolleris. Look can, out. Can we, can we not link Dave Schultz to those guys? Like, yes. It's just, like, <laughs> I don't want to link them, but if you look at, like, their total games played, all three of them, and their total penalty minutes, it's pretty <laughs> fucking comical. I mean, D- Dave had, like, a 20-goal season that one time. No, Dave Dave was a much better hockey player than the other two. He's yeah. a much better player than he gets credit for. Exactly. But, like... It's just funny. He's Dave the Hammer, and then these other two guys who are just straight fucking goons. Fair. And now we're getting dudes scoring multiple four-goal games in the first two weeks of the season. (laughs) Well, you know, the Flyers used to have a type that they really liked, 
And they're moving on from that nonsense. And I think we can see it in the fifth round draft picks. <laughs> they took Ty- what, was Tyrell Goldborn a third or a fourth round pick? I think he was third. fourth. Oh, he was third. He was, I think he was a third. No, but this is one of the things that, yeah, it's bad. Um, this is one of the things that I, I'm very happy that the, um, you know, that, that the Fletcher front office has stuck with because it was a huge change that, uh, that Hextall made. And it was just this idea of not lighting your late round picks on fire. You know, they are now using their late round picks for higher upside guys. It's not like they're—I think before the Flyers under Paul Holmgren especially, they just had this idea of like—and not every player. They obviously took some upside guys. They took some some guys from, from Europe that they thought maybe had potential and they just didn't pan out. But there was a feeling of like, well, if we're in the fourth or fifth round, like let's get a fourth liner. Because like if he gets to the NHL— then he's going to provide value and getting a guy in the fifth round who gets to the NHL, like that's a win, right? It's a win if your sixth round pick makes it to the NHL, which is true to a degree, but like it's not a win if he sucks. Yeah, if he makes it to the NHL and has 200 penalty minutes and one point, like no, probably not helping you. Exactly. Whereas now what the Flyers do is they take guys where it's like maybe has a much less chance of making it to the NHL, but if he actually does, he might be legitimately good. Mm-hmm. Not great, because, like, the chances of you getting a truly great player, you know, that really your your best case scenario in these kind of rounds is, like, an Oscar Lindblom. Like, Oscar yeah. Lindblom, we love the guy. He's not going to be a superstar. He could be a damn good player, and that's, like, your that's like your ceiling, realistically, unless, like, by some miracle you luck into, like, a Jamie Benn. But in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, like, you're hoping at best to get, like, a Lindblom where he's, like, a really good second liner and can play on your first line if everything, you know, if he's having a really good year. Um, And the Flyers are going for guys like that. Like, guys like Noah Cates, guys obviously like Lindblom, guys like, I mean, I'm not a huge David Kasha fan, but, like, he's an upside play. There were, there was points in his draft year where he was viewed as a potential late first, early second round pick. Like, these are the kind of picks that you should be making as an organization in these rounds. And I love the fact that the Flyers philosophically have turned towards looking at those types of guys in the later rounds rather than taking Zach Ronaldo's. It's wonderful. Before (laughs) I miss Zach, I really do. Uh, (laughs) Before we break for commercial, uh, we mentioned Desnoyers plays for the Halifax Mooseheads. He he, he got transferred there uh, before this season. I was thinking about this last night. I never thought about it before until I just was like putting this outline together. So their name is the Mooseheads. They're not the Moose. They're the Heads. They're the dead stuffed mounted heads of Moose. You want me to tell you something? That's fucked up. <laughs> They're named after beer. Yeah, I was going to say that because that's exactly what I that, yeah. I. that's why it's even better. It's a brewery. Yeah. Are They're they named really? after beer? Oh, no, yeah. I'm definitely getting his jersey. Yeah, it's a brewery. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's even better. That's better than the Calgary Hitmen. Well, it's the best thing ever. It's close. It's close to the. It's close to the Calgary Hitmen with Bret Hart. And but Halifax jerseys, and they're like good hockey jerseys. So it's a good are. jersey to buy. Yeah. I was trying to think of the pop culture reference in which those jerseys appear, but could not think of it. I want to say Julie the Cat Gaffney shows up in one, maybe in three, but I'm not sure. I got no idea. <laughs> All right. Did you see the? Uh, this was on Twitter like a couple weeks ago. Um, somebody was wearing a uh, a Charlie Conway jersey, 
and Joshua Jackson walked past him like with his phone like recording a video the guy who played Charlie Conway and it's just like and like just like looks over and it's like nice jersey and then just keeps walking and then he that's posts amazing in the video. that's so fucking great oh my god is that uh is that better than Roy Halladay taking the selfie with the unknown guy who was wearing his jersey who was wearing his like a t-shirt oh and, god like, yeah yeah photo bombed him and the dude didn't even know god, like that's good that shit. was great god r.i.p like, if i was like that level of famous that's all and like it's it's the dude who played charlie conway it's not like he's fucking john travolta yeah. don't know why that was my first reference but it was for some reason uh like that's all that's how i would spend my whole day is like fucking with people <laughs> why not like, if I was Samuel Jackson, I'd just go up to people and be like, it's the one that says bad motherfucker, and walk away. <laughs> like, all, like, all the Bill Murray story, stories, that's how I'd spend my time. All right. We are going to, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then on the other side, I got something real special for you guys. It's Listomania, baby! Yeah, we're going to be here, and we're going to talk all about some lists, some power rankings, all the shit that you know I love so much. So uh, just listen to this ad, please, and then uh, I promise we'll make it worth your while. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Okay, everybody, we are back, and as promised, it's Listomania, like that song that was a hit for that yeah, minute Phoenix. or two. Great, great song. Great it song. was. I, I, I dug the song. Uh, so NHL on NBC put out – yeah, let's do this one first because it's so much funnier. Uh, NHL on NBC put out on, uh, on Twitter a top ten teams power ranking – and dear God, is it funny? It was curious. Like I, you know me. I'm never the one to be like the Flyers are getting purposefully disrespected. I do believe there is something to, hey, you know who will share this a lot? Flyers fans, uh, <laughs> especially if they're pissed. I think there's something to it. I don't think the team is purposefully disrespected, but man, this fucking list is just uh, okay. Let's just read it. Let's go through it and then break it down. Tampa, Colorado, Vegas. First three are solid. Last week, when I asked about the teams who were without a doubt better than the Flyers, uh, you both said these three. I said the first two and maybe Vegas. And yeah, like Vegas is very good. Uh, So no problem with these three. They're the top three. I don't really think it's debatable. Then Boston. All right, I'll give it to Boston. They're 1-0-2 against the Flyers last year. They lost Tory Krug. Who knows about some, uh, some of their other pieces, but... Uh, they're Boston. We know they have the best top line. They have good depth. They have good goaltending. Cool. St. Louis. All right. You know, they lost Petrangelo. They did replace him with Tory Krug. They won a cup two years ago. All right. Washington. Won 3-0 against the Flyers last year. Their lone win was a shootout. They, they're not that good. I think, and that's not to say they don't belong in the top ten, but the fact that they're, what, fifth 
and uh, sixth, and uh, the Flyers aren't on this list at all. Ridiculous. Dallas, all right, they just won the West. They beat the Flyers 4-1 in their only meeting last year. It was in October when, like, you know, shit was still going awry a bit, but whatever. Dallas just won the West. They can be on there. How they're behind Washington, silly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Carolina, 1-3-0 against the Flyers. Their lone win was in overtime. They're not as good as the Flyers. They just aren't. They're not. Pittsburgh. Lost in the first round to the team that the Flyers then eliminated and signed Cody Cece. They're not that good. They just happen to have fucking Sidney Crosby. And then Edmonton, we just can laugh at this. It doesn't even need to be broken down. Like, can we just talk about this list? Yeah, it is fucking horrendous. It's, it's the, the Edmonton one is the one that just like... That's the like, one that's real good. The, everything else... And there are teams on this it's, list. Everything I, else is a bit debatable. Yeah, like, there are teams horrendous. on this list that I think the Flyers are better than, but like I'm open to the argument that they're not. Mm-hmm. Edmonton is like, what exactly did you see in the Oilers, aside from the fact that they have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, that leads you to believe that they are actually a good hockey team? They're not. It's that, yeah. They're not. Like, they're just, and like, oh, the, okay, they got Kyle Terrace. Like, is Kyle Terrace actually any good? They got Dominic Cahoon. Like, okay, like, yeah, like, I guess he's, like, a hockey player, he which is. is an improvement over some of the not-hockey players they <laughs> trotted out there last year. But, like, that's not going to change the fact that, like, their defense is nothing. Their starting goalie might be Mike Smith again. What is yeah, he, what is he like, 40 Smith. now? Like, it's, they're not good. They, they lost to the Blackhawks who then proceeded to basically tell all of their stars, by the way, we're going to suck for the next five years, deal with it. The Blackhawks sold at the deadline and beat them. (laughs) With the reigning MVP and the best player in the world. Like, they're a bad team. I honestly think putting Pittsburgh, I think Edmonton is obviously the one that's like the biggest joke. But I honestly think putting Pittsburgh in the top 10 at this point is... Almost as hilarious as Edmonton. Putting anyone who lost in that first round is a joke. It wasn't yeah. the first round. You, that means you lost to a non-playoff team. Which makes you a non-playoff team. Yeah, I, I can understand Pittsburgh, even though... like I think, the Flyers, I think the Flyers are a better team than the Penguins. But I can understand it because you know they will be like... I don't know. Like, Jason Zucker's good. They're going to have him a full year. Presumably, they're not going to be as much of a mess. My big concern, truthfully, with Pittsburgh is that, and this is something that's confused me for a while, is that, like, we're all just taking on faith that Tristan Jari is good. Yeah. Like, the guys had, like, 30 good NHL games. And we're just like, oh, yeah, he'll be fine. Like, maybe... But I'm I'm nowhere near convinced that Tristan Jari like they were like this time well maybe not this time last year because by this time Jari I think had the job was playing well but like last September before last season Pittsburgh was willing to give Tristan Jari away like they were basically if you would have called them up and been like we will trade you future considerations for Tristan Jari they would have traded him he had no value. And no one did. And no one did. And, like, yes, he was good last year. Great. But, like, we're just taking on faith that Tristan Jari is a number one goalie in the NHL. Why are we doing this? Because for some reason, 
people think that the Pittsburgh Penguins make good hockey moves. Yeah, brand name. That's why. Mm-hmm. All right, so I asked every I asked Kelly and Charlie to come up with their own top ten power rankings. I, of course, am going to read mine first because I'm in charge around here. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> so my top three are basically the same. Uh, I'm going to go Tampa, Colorado, Vegas. I think Colorado might be first, but I'll give the defending champs who have proven it. You know, now that they've done it, I'll give them the number one seed. Then Colorado, like, goddamn, they might be the most talented team in the league, and they added. Uh, and then Vegas, we all know what Vegas is. I think the Flyers are closer to this Vegas tier, or I think Vegas is closer to the Flyers tier than they are the Tampa Colorado, uh, Tampa, Colorado tier, but everyone else seems to believe Vegas is that much better, and what the fuck do I know? So we'll put those three at the top. And I will include Boston. I think the Flyers will be better than Boston, but I'll give Boston the edge. Because they've been, like, they've actually been good. The Flyers have to prove that they are good. We know that Boston is. Then we get to this next tier, and then I have Philly right here. Philly, Washington, St. Louis. Honestly, I think you can put these three in any order. Uh, Maybe St. Louis first, but I'm a Flyers fan, so fuck that. And, like, is Krug (laughs) as good as Petrangelo? I really wanted Tory Krug, but, like, Alex Petrangelo is a cup-winning number one defenseman. Is Tory Krug that? I don't know. Following those, I go Dallas, and then I'm going to throw Toronto in there. They're better than any of those other teams mentioned. I don't. They haven't proven it yet, but they're pretty damn good in the regular season. Uh, and then I for number ten, like give me either Carolina or Montreal. Like honestly, Calgary could be in there. Vancouver, they're all better than Edmonton. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the fact that Edmonton's on this list is a joke. Um, Kelly, you want to go next? Sure. So my list um, is sort of in order, but I have debated this order with myself several times, so you can probably tell me that I'm wrong, too. Um, Avs, Knights, Bolts, Flyers, Stars, Blues, Bruins, Canes, Leafs, Islanders, which getting the 10th team was hard for me, and I went with the Islanders only because of result. Not really the roster. I can't, I totally left the Islanders off and like, I hate them and I hate to include them, but fuck, they probably deserve to be on there, right? The thing that, the thing about the Isles, and I, they were close to being on my list as well. Um, but the thing with the Isles for me was that losing Devin Taze is big. Like, he's a really, he's, he's a really good defenseman. And, um, and I just, I don't know, maybe I'm being a dick here, but like, I don't know if this roster that they have right now is going to be the roster that they enter the season with because they still have to sign Barzell. And, like, I'm not saying they're not going to sign Barzell. I'd be shocked if they didn't. But they've been trying to clear the space to be able to sign him by trading away their shitty players, and Mm. it hasn't worked. Have they called Pittsburgh? (laughs) <laughs> I guess my thing is like I'm sort of looking at the Islanders roster and saying to myself that when they sign Barzell they're going to have to trade away someone else who is good so I'm almost looking at them like okay they lost Devin Tays and they're going to lose someone else that's good and that's the way I'm looking at the Islanders roster and that's why I'm iffy that I'm iffy on putting them in my top 10 which is kind of why I ended up putting them out which maybe is unfair but like that's sort of the way I'm looking at it I feel like maybe they should have been 10 for me, 
Um, yeah, that's like I'm trying to weigh the trots factor of like how good of a, how how good of a coach is he to overcome those potential losses? I guess. Like I'm trying to weigh that. Like if it's Anders Lee, they have to move or something like that. At a certain point, you just don't have the horses anymore, you know? That's true. Um, that's a tough one. Islanders are iffy for me. I think they're on there, but Char- you both make some good points. All right, Charlie, your list. Okay, my list is uh, the Lightning, the Avalanche, Vegas, Boston. To me, they're the, they're the obvious four. Then everything gets in like kind of a muddled yeah. second tier. Um, I put Dallas 5. Because the way I looked at it is, you know what, they've they're good. Like they're good. Mm-hmm. Are they that good? I don't know. But and like I am worried a bit about the fact they're not gonna have Sagan to start the year. But like the goaltending is really good. Haskin I think is gonna take another step forward next year. Like I just I, I like the way that team is set up and I think they're gonna be in the Western Conference mix. Here's my kind of off the wall pick. Ooh. I have Carolina sixth. Ooh. I at this point they would be my pick to win the Metro, even though their goaltending is iffy, because they're gonna have a full year of Vincent Trocheck. They should have a full year of Dougie Hamilton. They have like Brady Shea. I think is fine. I just look at that team top to bottom. I think Andre, I think Svechnikov is gonna have an even bigger breakout year. That team scares me. So That's I have a spicy them, pick. I like. It. I have I have them sixth, and I also think that if if they're as good as I think they're gonna be, I think they will trade for a goalie like a better goalie during the season. And I think that's going to put them over the edge. I have the Flyers seventh. Um, I have St. Louis eighth. I have Washington ninth. And I have the Penguins 10th. Interesting. You really think Washington is still one of the top 10 teams in the league? I don't think they are talent-wise, but I'm really high on the idea that Laviolette is going to squeeze that's a really good year out of them. That's fair. As I, like... I think their high-end guys are still high-end, and yeah, Laviolette. Like, I have them on my list. I think they're going to... I don't want to say take a step back, because I still think they're going to contend for the division. I don't think they're going to be, like, true cup contenders when it all comes down to it, but, uh, you know, maybe it's just me showing a little NBC bias. I think they're going to be on fucking, you know, primetime TV every week, (laughs) and they're going to... They're going to win a bunch of games. So, so I think Bill, they're in that, that's that middle with the Flyers. So, Bill, question for you. So are, are you saying that the Islanders are now your number 10 team? I don't want to bump Carolina. That's the – I'm keeping Carolina at 10. Okay, because so I'm going to do some quick math here and figure out what our combined rankings are. Okay. Oh, no, Charlie's going to do witchcraft on us. <laughs> <laughs> so keep talking as I do some math. Okay, uh, and like Carolina, Carolina or Toronto? Do I do I like at nine or ten? I th- I mean they they both ought to be on the list in my opinion. For yeah, sure. that's what we're gonna do here. We're gonna go Toronto nine, Carolina ten. And I feel like that's soft for Carolina, mm-hmm. but I just fucking I, I know you can overcome goaltending to a certain degree, but Right now, there, I, yeah, I just can't believe that Peter Morozik isn't going to turn into himself at some point. Like, it, yeah. it has to happen. Like, the laws of nature, I think, require that at some point he's going to be garbage. Like, I think they definitely have what it takes to be division contenders because they can beat up on most teams. But, like, you know, 
are they gonna go? Are they gonna go three and one against the Flyers? Are they gonna go three and one against Washington? Like, I, I don't think so because that goaltending is shit. Yeah, they're good as hell, but like, I feel like where Carter Hart will definitely end up winning the Flyers some games that they ought to lose. I feel like the opposite is true for Carolina. Like, Morozik will lose them games that they should have won. And then you get into, like, you know, the one or two points that you dropped in January, although that's not real because time isn't real anymore. But you dropped in the <laughs> middle of the season one or two points that you should have gotten, but your goaltender blew it for you. Like, that might be the difference of, you know, winning the division and not winning the division, especially in the Metro. This division is just ridiculous. Man. I hate it. I'm, I'm looking forward to them having to redraw everything because I don't want to play in this one anymore. It's too hard. I want an easier one. <laughs> Give me the, the Florida one. I want that one. Okay, so here, <laughs> here is our combined top 10. Ooh. Okay. I'm ready. So we have a tie for number one between Tampa and Colorado. Uh, number three is Vegas. Number four is Boston. Number five is your very own Philadelphia Flyers. Woo! Yeah. Number six is Dallas. Number seven is St. Louis. Number eight is Carolina. Number nine is Washington. And number 10 are your Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs. 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 It's pronounced Leafs. You know win what makes play, me... Win a, win, a, win a playoff series, and then you become the yeah. Leafs again. We know You're what makes me Dale laugh Weist. about this. It's like, even though this is a list of the top 10 teams in the entire league, meaning that the middle of it is not bad, it just makes me laugh that the Flyers ended up in the middle of this list because that's like where they've been for so long <laughs> it's perfectly average middle flyers but like i think like putting them at the top of the second tier is fair i think so like too. obviously okay you want to argue for st louis or dallas like cup winner western conference winner okay i get it but i just think that's who this team is gonna be and if carter hart is what i think he is they're gonna be closer to the top yeah i i think so too the, it's just the problem is that so many people like struggle with the recency bias thing and I'm guilty of it too like they just shit the bed so hard in that Islanders series that people want to forget that they were actually really good heading all the way up into it and if you take the season and the playoffs as a whole they're a very good hockey team there's no getting around Man, it I hadn't even really thought of it this way just because we were so immersed in it but like when I was on that wrestling podcast last night obviously it's a Philly-based show they asked me a little about hockey and they're just like, is it a huge what if for you? Like, what if the season doesn't come to a halt and they are that hot team going in? It's like, yeah. I think yeah. about it. I think yeah, about like, it a lot. I, I hadn't like I hadn't really put it that way just because like a what if to me is like what if T.O. doesn't have his leg broken. It's it's like a situation that could it like Every team went through this same thing, I guess. And, like, Tampa, who's the best team in hockey, won the cup. So it all ended the way it was supposed to, I guess. But, like, god damn it. I think this team is going to be really fucking good. Me too. I'm not afraid of it. They're going to be good. Without question. So, Charlie, you came up with, the, the like, our aggregate rankings. Do you think they're fair? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, they're probably, objectively speaking, they're probably a little bit higher on the Flyers. A little high on the Flyers. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, we're Flyers writers. Like, yeah. They, that's understandable. But, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there's... We, they got totally left off their list, so guess yeah, what? Right? Fuck you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Gotta exactly. make up for it. 
Uh, no, I, I think that's it's reasonable. I mean, I like I kind of like the idea of the, the Lightning and the Avs being tied because I do think those two teams from a talent standpoint are pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, we nailed it because we are experts and the smartest people in the world. Like objectively speaking, the Flyers are without a doubt in the top ten, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Especially now we can move on. Now we can move on to yet another list. You know I love fucking lists, guys. You know I love off-season lists. Lists, baby. They're the best. Uh, the NHL Network's top twenty wingers list. Uh, we did the defenseman thing last week. I gotta tell you, this one's not bad. Now this one's pretty good. Like I don't really feel like reading the whole thing, uh, but you can find it on Twitter. Uh, but just run through it. Uh, just to let, Drew is at 18 of the top 20. Like, personally, I'd probably put him at, like, 15, but that's nitpicking. I'm just glad they recognized him as a winger more than anything. Um, he takes face-offs. He's not a winger. Well, <laughs> yes, he is. Um, uh, any any real issues here? It's, uh, like, the top, Panarin, Pasta, Kucherov. I think those top three could be in basically any order, and it would be hard to argue, but Panarin's the MVP, so, okay, here you go. Um, then Ovi Kane, Marshan, Marner, Rantanen. Like, it, this seems like a pretty good list. It is a good list, but um, the ones that you mentioned specifically as being omitted, I think that there's like an interesting conversation there. Because I feel like if you don't mind me, spoiler alerting, the ones that you said. Yeah, yeah, no, go, go ahead. Svechnikov, I feel like you could make the argument that maybe he hasn't been doing it long enough to put him in the top, so that I can understand. But Taylor Hall is a fascinating omission, given that he was the MVP like five minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, the Taylor Hall thing is interesting. That's here's the weird. thing with... I don't think he's that Hall. good. But yeah, here, I would say, here's the thing with Taylor Hall, is that he's such a fascinating player to me because... I mean, I know that like he obviously won the MVP. He obviously had that ridiculous year with the with the Devils, and he generally puts up really good numbers. But there's always been a divide. And I'm not talking about like in the stat world. I'm talking about in the hockey world. There's always been a divide on how good Taylor Hall is. Like there are a lot of people that don't think he's all that great. Like they 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 agree that he's good, but there's a lot of people He's who a are, good scoring winger. Yeah. There's a lot of people who look at him in the game and are like, ideally he's on your second line. I mean, and you could like you could say it's crazy, but like that's the way there. Like, there's a reason why, and I mean, yes, Peter Shirelli is a moron and a terrible GM, and we yeah. all agree with this. But like, mm-hmm. there's a reason why that trade wasn't like he. They didn't get a ton back for him, and it's not just because Shirelli sucks, even if that is a part of it. Like Taylor Hall at the time was not viewed as this like superstar guy. He was viewed as a good player who people who looked at numbers are like. Dude, this guy's awesome. What the hell? But, like, there's a lot of people in the game that are iffy on Taylor Hall. Like, there's a reason why he didn't get a a long-term deal, and it's not just because of COVID. Like, it's because a lot of teams don't look at him as this super impact player. Yeah, and that's, like, he didn't get the the long-term deal uh, from a business standpoint in this environment. Okay, one year. It it makes sense. Um, Go play with with Jack Eichel, sure. Uh, But, like, he hasn't caught on anywhere. You know, he's been he's been around a while. Like, yeah, do, was that trade from Edmonton good? No, but do you think that's the only call Torelli made? Like, do you think the first fucking call he made, he traded him? 
I mean, he point. might have. It's it's feasible. It's but, feasible. Like, <laughs> it's possible. It's actually uh, stricken that from the record. It probably was. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's it's crazy to me. I, I don't. Taylor Hall's the one. Like, should he be on here? Maybe. But I'll take Svechnikov and Landis Cog over him. Now I'm pissed yeah. off all over again about him winning the MVP over Giroux. Yeah, it was insane. It was. He it had was an awesome year, and he was he won like. He was on a bad team, and they made the playoffs, and he had an awesome year. I get it. But overall, I'm not taking him over anyone on this list unless, like, okay, Tarasenko's at 19, and if you're going to tell me his career's over, I'm like, okay, obviously I'd take Taylor Hall. But I'll take all these guys over him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I love Tarasenko. Tarasenko is one of my, if not my favorite, non-Flyers player in the league. Yeah. But I have no idea what he's going to look like after he comes yeah, back, if he comes who, back. Like, he might, be a, he might be a shell of himself. Like, yeah. th- it's he's going to have missed basically two consecutive seasons, essentially, and these are serious, this is a serious injury. Like, he could be just decent when he comes back. So I feel like that's almost, him. his place on this list almost was like a, like, kind of, we feel bad for you. So, yeah. and, and you, you were really good the last time we saw you play, so we're just going to keep you on here until further notice. But I wouldn't have an issue with dropping him because we just don't know. Um, the one guy who I do think is too low on this list is uh, is Mark Stone. To me, he's a top, to me he's a top five winger. I I wondered I like I understand everyone who's ahead of him to a certain degree. Um, maybe not top five. Panarin, Pasta, Kucherov, Ovi, Kane, Marchand. I'd have him over Marner. Maybe Huberdo. I'd have him in that Ranton and Kane Marchand area, perhaps. But yeah, I mean, fucking Mark Stone. I, I, I he's incredible. Like all these guys are really good. These are yeah, yeah. it's the top twenty wingers in the league. Every team is what two, four, six, eight wingers. Like there's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't think this is a terrible list. I would put Stone yeah. higher. I probably would have Smeshnikov on this list even if part of that is me anticipating a monster year for him next year he was already really good this year yeah um so i think i would put him on um i just like the one guy who like i guess my brain tells me that he probably should be on here but everything my gut tells me that like like i just i i wince every time i see jake gensel getting credit Mm -hmm. i know because it's just like look i know he's good yep but, like, how good is he really? I Not fucking hate it, too, but, like, <laughs> I don't have an argument against it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I can't I can't prove a theoretical. I, can't I know prove, it's not like, actually true, but it keeps yeah. coming true. Like, <laughs> if you flip a coin ten times and it comes up heads every time, I'm like, I know the percentage isn't 100%, but it just happened. So... <laughs> Yeah, um, any other, like, Svechnikov, Hall, Landis Cog, like, Tarasenko. Tarasenko should be top five, top ten if he's healthy, but we have no idea. Any other, like, glaring omissions? No, this was a rare good list. I I was fucking shocked when I saw this. I think Kyle Connor's a little high. Yeah. Because Mm. he's just, he's just so bad defensively. Mm-hmm. Like I, he he probably should be on here because he's such a talented offensive weapon. I just don't think I would put him. What's he like, twelfth or thirteenth? Like I don't think I I wouldn't put him that high because like he is he is garbage defensively. Swap him and Giroux. How you feel? Yeah, into I feel it. Like that one hundred percent into is it. Is Giroux a little low or is that just bias? I I think maybe a little low, but like I think he's a little low. 
he didn't have little, a huge season last year. He, he might be a little low, but there aren't a lot of guys on this list that I look at and I'm like, he's definitely like, I, I think he's a better all-around player right now than, let's see. I think, I think he's a better all-around player than Kyle Connor. I think he's a better all-around player than Line A. Um, like, he's pro- I would put him probably in like the Packy Ready range right now. Nah. I, think, I, I, think, I think Goudreau is better. Like, I put him mm-hmm. in like the, the Packy Ready Kachuk range at this moment. Don't give me the, I got in a. I almost got in a fist fight with a, a couple of guys with some NHL experience who were yelling at me that Goudreau is better than Giroux, and I just fucking it wasn't happening. I mean, See? right now, I think right now I think he is. Yeah, all right. After, and and, and Goudreau had a down year, but I mean, I think there's just there's more there's more things on the ice that Goudreau can do that Giroux can't anymore. That's Are they? Do they include winning faceoffs and killing penalties though? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's they fair. don't. They don't. The face-off <laughs> thing, I will grant you, but I mean face-offs I know. or whatever. The, the, I the penalties, like, but I think I feel like with Drew at this point, most of his most of his penalty kill value is basically just winning face-offs. Win the face-offs, get the fuck off the ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, so we're basically saying the same thing. See, yeah, that's no, why this I, is the best hockey, the best Flyers podcast, because where else do you get a host that's willing to fight NHLers on behalf of our captain? Nowhere else. <laughs> Yeah, for anyone out there who says, like, like when I was trashing Giroux, like, I once almost fought the Robinson brothers over this, all right? So, <laughs> we were playing beer pong, and the game came to a halt because I was fucking screaming about this. So, And this was, this was a few years ago. This is like, um, I forget what playoff series it was, but they, like, benched Johnny at the end of a game because he was just getting his ass kicked so bad. Like, they were uh-huh. just fucking him up i was like that would never happen to drew because he's a fucking man like i was losing god i wish there was video of this i was and they were like are you out of your goddamn mind i was like well yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. what does that have to do with anything (laughs) then i watched like two videos of buddy fighting in the ahl and i was like i'm good All right, so uh, we, 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 we filled the hour, guys. Congratulations to us. We've met our contractual obligations. Um, <laughs> I just, one more thing before we, uh, before we wrap it up. So, like, we've talked about Mike Hoffman. He's, he's still unsigned. He's still sitting out there. Uh, and how he's kind of like a, a JVR-type, luxury-type player and how paying for that type of production is something most teams just can't afford right now. Um, I'm looking at Anthony Duclair still sitting out there Hmm. and it's like, maybe he's just holding out for bigger money, but he seems like one of these guys who's prime bargain candidate. Like he's never made more than 1.6 million in his career. Uh, he's got 20 goal seasons. I I don't, he's, he's going to play all next year at 25 years old. Like Hoffman turns thirty-one in a couple of weeks. Is he a casualty of of the flat cap or defensive metrics or like how the fuck is he unsigned? I I mean he's bounced around quite a lot, and I yeah, he's wonder, another guy who's never caught on. I mean, there's you know the whole unspoken thing about Anthony Duclair that is problematic in the NHL. You know why PK Subban is a locker room problem because he's black um but i don't i don't think that's what this is i don't i don't i want to and i have no problem not, saying that when i do but like i i can't i don't i mean if he's an asshole 
there are so many assholes in the NHL. Yeah. Like, all of them get signed. I don't know. Maybe it's But is that, a, like, is Mike maybe, Hoffman, I don't know. is Mike Hoffman not signed because he's an asshole? No, I think he's not signed because he probably wants money and no okay. one's willing to give it to him because, as you said, it's a luxury that most teams can't afford right now. I think at some point he's going to have to bite the bullet and take, like, no money or a super short-term deal. And he's maybe not willing to do that yet. Yeah, I honestly think that it's it's more or less the same reason why Hoffman's still out there is that he's not very good defensively. And, like, mm. that's not a... That's not a, like, perception. The, the numbers back that up. Oh, it's, not, yeah, like, it's definitely true. Yeah, like, he's not good defensively. And I just feel like this, I feel like this cap crunch and money crunch that we're seeing, it, it really hurt, like, the one-way guys. Yeah. The guys that are, like, kind of one-dimensional. And I think Duclair is one-dimensional. I think Mike Hoffman is one-dimensional. And I think it just hurt those guys because, you know, on – when when the cap's going up and everybody has money, it's easier to be like, I need goals. Get mm-hmm. me a goal scorer. Mm-hmm. When it's not, you just kind of have to, like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of teams, when they looked at, like, okay, well, do I go for the 45-point guy who's good two-way or do I go for the 60-point guy who isn't good defensively? Like, they went out and they signed the guy who was good defensively. Um and I just think that's sort of what you saw around the league. Now, granted, there's some exceptions. Like, I really don't know why uh, why Granlin's still out there because he's actually a pretty good two-way player. Yeah, that like- one, Granlin was another one. I was like, how? And Just because he kind of fits what I think the Flyers need, but obviously with the cap situation, still got to sign Myers, and I-, I understand we probably just can't afford him, but would really like Granlin. Um <laughs> Yeah, the, the Duclair thing, just because I thought you could get him cheaper, but I do wonder, like, hide him on your third line or something. Like, you can figure out ways to get him on the ice and get him to produce, but in this sort of situation, because, like, how we Charlie and I talk about Moneyball all the time, and, like, how did Billy Bean and the Oakland A's arrive at that situation? They went, well, we have no money, and we have to compete with teams with a ton of money. Well, now nobody has any money. And so everyone's going to, like, do you think, Charlie, as an analytics guy, do you think this cap crunch is going to lead more to, like, a steady increase on the leaning on analytics? No. (laughs) (laughs) In all honesty, no, I really don't. Um, I mean, some teams maybe, but I just, I don't think the NHL is there yet. Because, like, every other sport is. Yeah, I don't think the NHL is there. The one thing I do think this is going to lead to, and in a way this is good, um, because I do think it's something that probably should have... Smart teams do this more than dumb teams, um, but I think teams now are going to be kind of forced into it. I believe that you're going to see a lot more teams give their prospects a chance sooner. Because they just will have to. Yeah, like they they won't have the money to go out and sign some like shitty thirty three year old to a one year two million dollar deal to block a kid who may or may not be good. They're just going to be like, well, we don't have that money to spend, so we've already we're already paying this kid, you know, nine hundred thousand dollars on an entry level contract. We might as well see what he's got. And I think you're going to see more of that. You're going to see kids getting opportunities sooner because of cheapness. I think that's going to be a thing. I think that's going to be uh, fun. I mean, we talked, yeah, that'll be great. And, like, it doesn't even have to be a shitty player. Like, we talked. We all like Tyler Pitlick. It's just, like, do I pay him $2.3 or whatever? Or do I bring up a kid on an ELC? Well, 
if this kid isn't as good as Tyler Pitlick, let's find out now so we can fucking get rid of him if he isn't. <laughs> like, so... I, I, okay, so I see that. At least we're going in that direction. All right, that is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey this week. Uh, I don't have Steph to ask if we have anything else, so I'm just going to make the executive decision and say, no, we do not have anything else. Uh, so, yeah, that's all the time we have. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Leave us some damn reviews. Give us them five-star reviews. Uh, make up dummy accounts, do a whole bunch of whatever you have to do, uh, and hook us up with reviews and all that sort of stuff. Share the show. Do what you do best, and that's uh, make us feel special. Uh, for Kelly and Charlie, I'm Bill. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about it?